Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. If you'd like to listen to more of LPJ and Sphinx, make sure to check out Last Action Podcast, where they discuss action movies. If you're looking for more Matric, check out twitch.tv slash matriconstage. That's M-A-T-R-I-K. You can also check out his work on YouTube, and that's Matric on Stage there as well. For more of myself... Craig WK, you can listen to podcasts like The Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. You also find me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK. If you're interested in supporting Noobs and Dragons, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you can pay $5 a month for access to Behind the DM Screen, our behind-the-scenes monthly special. This show wouldn't be possible without our patron support. Thank you. Last time on Noobs and Dragons, the team delved into the Raspith Mausoleum and found the body of a flesh golem without a brain, and a chamber where the soft cries of children can be heard. And welcome back to Noobs and Dragons. So the three of you are in the hall. You've sort of backed out of this weird, creepy room where like, you hear like children crying somewhere in the distance but as soon as you drop the child's bone in the middle of the floor you don't really hear anything much and you back off and you guys are back in the hallway well that was weird let's walk out of here and pretend that didn't happen should we take the bone though and have someone check it out for us Uh, no I think we should just leave it (laughs) I think that might be for the best do you want to grab the bone I kind of want to grab the bone (laughs) oh my god what didn't you learn anything (laughs) From earlier, listen. You know what? We have a job to do, and our job isn't bone collecting. You know what? If it makes, if it keeps him happy, let him have his bone. I guess. Just put it in my backpack. If if weird shit starts happening, I'll throw it away. Yeah, you could do that. I want to take the bone. Listen, man, you do what you got to do. We can go to the university. We can have someone check it out. I think that's a good idea. All right. You take the child's bone and you put it in your backpack, and you hoist the backpack, and you pause, and you don't hear children crying or anything and everything seems okay. See, I don't hear anything crying. Do you hear anything crying, Hannibal? I wasn't touching the bone. Alice, do you hear anything crying? I just roll my eyes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> We'll next. be fine. We got this. We should probably head to the next room. Absolutely. So you guys head down uh, about uh, 40 feet and uh, there is light coming from that room. Unlike all the other chambers, which have been pretty pretty black and dark, uh, you are seeing light coming from this uh, uh, chamber. Uh, though uh, any light source you saw at the down at the end of the hall uh, is is gone. It looks like it's snuffed out. Can we like peep uh, just our head like through the door? Sure, make a stealth check. Anyone who wants to creep your head out, uh, just, you know, as many as you want. I only had a six. Fourteen. I had a twenty-four. And you <laughs> creep out. And uh, Thelonious, you you kind of like brush up, like your scales brush against the rock, like the, the the rock wall a bit, and make a little bit of a noise. You peek in, and you guys see uh, a bunch of candles, like circling around this room. It looks like it's a pretty small chamber. You don't see any movement coming from inside. Circling, like floating around, or just there around the walls? Oh, so like so around the walls, okay. like uh, around the perimeter of the room. A whole bunch of them, like dozens of them. 
but we don't see anyone in any movement inside the room yet. Nope. The light kind of flickers because they're candle and quite a lot of them are sort of melted down quite a bit. But uh, but no, you don't really see any movement. But then this means we can see everything in the room since there's all these candles, right? Mm hmm. So can we walk in and investigate them? I mean, you could do that even if you didn't have the vision. Yeah, you can absolutely uh, go in. You walk into the, the room and you guys see it looks like almost like a makeshift bedroom. You see like a bedroll that's on the ground. You see all these candles. Uh, you see uh, like a uh, what looks to be like a. Uh, like a makeshift desk it's sort of like low to the ground it looks like it's uh, like maybe smashed up furniture that's just sort of been like slapped to the ground and has a flat surface and you see like a scroll on it and a whole bunch of other stuff uh did you want to give an investigation check yeah i mean i rolled for it already yeah then absolutely it was a 15 Okay, so with a 15, uh, you look around and uh, you do see piled up next to the uh, this little makeshift desk are books of necromancy. Uh, you see a few of them kind of scattered around the room even. It looks like there's a lot of like uh, uh, necromancy type stuff, you know, like as far as the books go. Uh, you also find uh, the scroll. It looks like it's a letter. Uh, it's addressed to Captain Grigor Gratzer. And basically, the letter is requesting his presence in the city of Rayburn Falls to do business, offering him intelligence on somebody known as Botulism Bloodbane in exchange for the brain of Emphysema Bloodbane. And the letter is written uh, in rough handwriting, and it's from somebody named Laszlo. L-A-S-Z-L-O. If you want, you can make a uh, history check on the name Botulism Bloodbane and Emphysema Bloodbane. Uh, you can make an Arcana check on the Necromancy books. Uh, and you can make a, uh, uh, I, I guess those are about the only two rolls I can think of. Uh, natural 20 on history. Natural 20 on history. Uh, so with the natural 20, you would know that uh, Botulism Bloodbane is a green dragon who gained a lot of prominence and, and notoriety in the Bloodbane family. But he was always a little bit of a like a, an independent. He sort of acted out for himself rather than the family, which kind of put him at odds with the family at different points in his life. Uh, but he's an immensely powerful necromancer. This dragon is. Which is also a little eccentric. Not a lot of dragons take up wizardry, let alone necromancy. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm new to uh -huh. and dragons. Necromancy meaning? This magic of death. Okay. Uh, necromancy would be, uh, I think the word necro, so dead. Uh, so like it's uh, raising the dead. Uh, and in some cases, even necromancy spells are just spells that involve the dead, like preserving bodies or even uh, some spells that like prevent dead from rising as undead are maybe considered necromancy. Uh, but okay. uh, but yeah, typically undead type stuff. All right, I knew roughly, but I just wanted to mm -hmm. know. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Any questions, let me know, of course. Uh, with a natural 20, you would know all that about botulism bloodbane. You don't think you've ever heard of the name emphysema bloodbane. Not in any history books you've ever seen. And I mean, not that you've read up a ton on dragon history, I'm sure, Alice, but at the very least, the name emphysema bloodbane does not ring a bell. I, uh, and then I, uh, I, uh, did anyone want to make the Arcana check on necromancy, or did you already do that there, uh, uh, Felonius? I did not. Yeah, yeah if you want. want. I mean, I know that you know magic pretty well, so. Ten. A ten? Uh, with a ten, it looks like these are are I uh, I, uh, beginner to average 
difficulty necromancy books. Uh, you're a sorcerer, so like you know you you know magic pretty well, but not necessarily like from a wizard's book necessarily. Uh, you sift through the book the pages a bit, and you you don't get a lot out of it. Uh, but uh, but you do know that I uh, I uh, it seems like somebody whoever's using these books is a trying to attain pretty pretty mid-level to high level st- or uh low level to mid-level difficulty uh range for these books being a dragonborn would i know anything further about these the bloodbanes yeah uh i would give you uh advantage on a history check if you want to know more uh, though for the record uh, alice got a natural 20 oh, okay so i'm not gonna really get anything. <laughs> uh, i mean it's not necessarily I... but yeah in, in in for you uh uh Thelonious, i would say that you typically have a uh an advantage on uh roles involving the bloodbane family okay can i take a look at the books and see if there's anything any one particular volume that stands out you can make a religion check if you want that hasn't been done yet go ahead and feel free to roll that oof uh eight with an eight, you nothing stands out to you. You don't see like the Necronomicon in the bo- the the piles of books or anything. Uh, nothing jumps out at you. Uh, but I mean, uh, if uh, if Thelonious is correct, it does seem like a a uh, a beginner or adept to moderate necromancer owns these books. I think I think we should move on. Yeah, I think uh, you're probably right. I mean, we have an idea of what someone is doing in here, but we should see what's. Can I check the bedroll? You uh, sift through the bedroll, and it looks like uh, you see some gray hairs in it. Ew. All right. All right, let's move forward. Absolutely. So you guys get out of the this room, and uh, you uh, uh, all three of you make perception checks. Six. Seventeen. Eighteen. With a six, you you don't really hear much or see much. Uh, with uh, but for Alice and Hannibal, you two hear what sounds like hushed whispers coming from the uh, blackened room down the hall. All right, proceed forward carefully. Yeah, we should probably stealth at this point. I'm gonna stay back. I mean, I'll I'll be just behind. Sure, sure. So you hang back. Now, are you gonna keep the the torch going, uh, or did you want to, uh, uh, or because if you're staying back where the like candlelight is, that's quite a bit of a ways back. However, it uh, uh, would blend in with the candlelight. I'll put my hand on Hannibal. Be behind him. Absolutely. You put out the torch. You put your hands on Hannibal's shoulder, and you guys creep up. Uh, so if you are doing that, then make a stealth check as well. Thirteen. Fourteen. Uh, Twenty-one. Wow. So the three of you creep down the hall. I'm sorry, nineteen. I did math wrong. That's fine. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so you guys creep down the hall, and the three of you hear this hushed whisper, and it sounds like there's like, it's a little hard to describe. It, you you hear this like like raspy voice that's like hushed, and and you know it's like you know. So, sounds maybe like apologetic or or something of that nature and then you hear like another voice as well coming from the room but that one is even softer uh, and it almost sounds like maybe like multiple voices it's a little hard to tell they're very very soft but it does sound like multiple voices hmm. and you guys get pretty close and uh, at this point uh, you guys are kind of like outside the room and I uh, uh, you you sort of hear this like voice 
and you know this old old voice is like no this isn't what i wanted at all you you must you must go back in i can't deal with this And then, it, like, this, like, whispered voice rasps, like, you know, like, harshly whispers back. And he goes, no, no, this isn't what I wanted at all. What do you think, guys? Weapons can we, can we see into the room at all? Uh, you peek into the room, and uh, you see two figures. Uh, one seems to be an old human. Uh, he has thin, thin gray hair and a long kind of like unkempt gray beard. Uh, and he's, he seems pretty old. He's got a, a staff that he's holding that he's sort of like kind of like hunched over on a bit. Uh, and it's kind of this like old gnarled wood. And it seems like it has like little bits of like bone uh, that are like, you know, like kind of tied to the top of the, the staff. Uh, and then there's this figure in a, uh, which you can't tell what color it is because of you know, everything's in black and white for you right now. Uh, but it's a hooded figure, and you see one law, uh, one uh, uh, sleeve of the the hooded figure has been pulled back, and it's this like you know really emaciated arm. Looks like it's its right arm. Should we, should we barge in? Should, oh, we, should, should we just continue to sit here and listen? What do we want to do? Let's listen for another half second. And see yeah. If we... And so the the uh, the figure in the hood harshly whispers, and you start picking up little bits and pieces, and you catch a few words. You hear Glay Crin hates heart beyond time and space. And the old man goes, no, no, that isn't what I need. That isn't how I can obtain the knowledge I need. And he's, the old man is getting a little bit more flustered. Uh, but otherwise, the, the hooded figure that you really can't see the face of, only this like you know bony, long, emaciated arm, uh, seems very, very calm and level. I have a question about how the, the message cantrip works. Mm-hmm. Would, the old, would the man, if I got a message to him, would he know where it came from? No, he would have no clue. Uh, you don't think anyway, uh, unless maybe he's like, you know, like, no, like, uh, you know, I would say that he probably wouldn't know, especially if he's not noticed your presence. And they don't seem to have. You guys were pretty quiet advancing and they didn't seem to make any motions or or change their behavior as you guys crept towards the door frame. See, I could ask him if he needs help. Get a message to him. He's able to message back. But I don't think he needs help. I'm willing to. It kind of sounds like he's asking for something, and what the person is giving him isn't what he asked for. I'm also guessing he's Captain Gregor, the guy from that the letter was written to. Gregor, yep. Guys, Gregor, yeah. Do you guys want to go in? Uh, I'm trying to think of a message you could send him that would. I could do a distraction. Well, do I think anything? the message is probably the best distraction. He's not going to know where it's coming from. And do we want to divert his attention? I can. I mean, I can do that with my uh, prestigitation. <laughs> prestigitation. <laughs> How's that work? It says here I can create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect, such as a shower of sparks, puff of wind, faint musical notes, odd odor. Should we can, see if we can? I can get... light or snuff out candles. Should we see if we can get the thing to turn around with the hood? Okay, let's do it. Okay, I guess. Um, sure, what are you doing? Um, well, now I don't know. Shit. Um, <laughs> oh, if it turns around, though, it's going to see us. 
I mean, yeah, like it depends. Like if if you're if you're in the like door frame trying to listen in and like you know have your heads peeked in looking at it, and you create a noise where you're at, it's no different than you just being like, "Hey." So what would you guys like to do? Maybe we should just walk in and say, "Hey." I mean, you can. I'm not going to stop you. I I mean, I guess a direct approach is probably going to get us the farthest. Yeah. Shit, let's just point. do it. All right, I'm gonna. I'm not going to pull out anything yet. I don't want to. Let's play it cool. Okay. Absolutely. So you guys are going in unarmed right now? Can I can I have like my dagger up my sleeve? But he was kind of chasing us. Yeah. I feel like we should be somewhat armed. He was chasing mm. us. Or we were chasing him. Oh, that's true. You were hunting him hunting somebody down in here, that's for sure. Uh now uh you can absolutely uh put something up your sleeve, make a sleight of hand check. Okay. And then just keep that number in your head because, you know, if I have to cert, you know, give you gotcha. a, an up and down it would you know okay and then what did you get uh that would be 14 16 16 okay not bad all right. i think all right i'm gonna pull out my shield and my rapier wait uh, so are you are you feeling <laughs> are you having second thoughts <laughs> yeah okay absolutely just to be safe so you draw out your shield and your rapier and uh uh alice are you drawing weapons as well then I'm gonna to try to look non-threatening at the start. All right, fair enough. And then, of course, the lonies, you you're a like walking artillery, so you don't ever need a weapon in your hand yeah. to be threatening. Uh, so the three of you are walking out. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just walk in gently. So you guys step into the the chamber and you drop stealth. Of course, you know you're walking in, and the the old man. Uh, hears you guys walk in and immediately snaps his finger and his lantern lights and he holds it up in like, you know, this like hooded lantern. He like lifts up and he's like, who's there? And immediately is caught off guard and looks freaked out that you're there. And uh, you see this scared old man uh, in like gray and black robes uh, with this like gnarled staff uh, with a lantern that he's holding and and he's just sort of like you know like wobbles it around and the light kind of streams around and like casts your guys' shadows like far back into the hall. And the hooded figure is in red, uh, uh, you know, red uh, red hood, red cloak. Uh, and I, uh, you guys can make a uh, perception check each of you if you want. I can give you more information now. Natural twenty. <laughs> Does it matter at this point? <laughs> 18. Uh, well, yeah, all of you Six. are going to be looking around no, the room. seven, sorry. Seven. So with a seven, you see the uh, uh, the the old man, you see like has a, uh, like a, what looks to be like a, like a, maybe a chain coming off his belt and it's attached, like and attached to it is a uh, tome. You think that might be like a spell book? Uh, what did you have, uh, Thelonious? 18. With an 18, uh, you notice the, uh, the arm of the hooded figure looks the same condition of the arm that was ripped off the dead body up above ground. With a natural 20, you see uh, for the briefest of moments, the hooded figure sort of turns in your direction and the hood sort of like kind of like goes back over the, the face a bit and it kind of like leans back so that it can't be seen very easily. But you've already seen. It doesn't look like it has a form. It looks like it's just this pile of like maggots and like larva inside the hood. And you even see the the left hand, uh, which is not like this, like, you know, it's not pulled, the, the sleeve isn't pulled back like on the other one with this emaciated hand. It's just sort of this pile of like wreathing like worms that just sort of like, kind of like folds in on itself. I recoil a little bit. <laughs> Understandably so. 
if you want, uh, uh, Alice, you can make an Arcana check. Okay. Since you've seen this already, or since you've seen this. Uh, ten. With a ten, you have no clue what the hell this thing could be. And the old man is is sort of like taken aback, and he's like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" We uh we heard some noises, and we thought we 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 heard somebody was in trouble. Heard some kids, maybe. We thought we'd come down here and, and sort of see what's going on. Kids. See if we could help out. You've heard them too. No, there are no children here. This is not a place for you. You must leave. What are you Who doing are you? here right now? It's the middle of the night in the cemetery underneath it. And the old man doesn't have an answer that he thinks is going to satisfy you and get him out of trouble. And he's just sort of stammers. And the hooded figure, you hear a voice come out and it's like, oh, more followers. But it does. It sounds feminine, but it sounds like it's like maybe like 20 tiny voices speaking in unison. And who are you? My name is Raspith. I have been unsealed by this kind gentleman, and I offer him a gift in return. A gift that I'll extend to all of you. We'll reach to the stars together. We'll call upon them and bring them down, and he'll have all the knowledge he needs, and your wishes will be granted too. And the old man says, these aren't the way I want my wishes answered. Uh, the knowledge I seek is not found in the stars. You have to believe me. And the old man seems really, really exasperated at the this creature that's near him. Can I ask the old, the old man who he is? My name is Grigor. Uh, Grigor Grotzer. I, I've had business in the city. I, I, I should leave. I, that's what I should do. And the hooded figure says, no, there's no leaving. We haven't reached the stars yet. Hey, uh, Gregor, why don't you come stand over here by us, and we'll uh, we'll kind of back out of this room together. And Gregor kind of like stumbles forward with his can- his staff, and he sort of like kind of like walks a little bit closer, and the hooded figure sort of raises its back up a bit and the two of you can now see it as well and with Grigor's light and everything you see that this is a pile of like maggots and like larva and worms it just sort of like blends together and it doesn't even really make it like makes a humanoid shape but it doesn't really make eyes it doesn't make a nose and a mouth it's just sort of this weird like 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 humanoid figure inside these robes and uh, the, the figure says there'll be no leaving we have business to attend to in the stars. Um, I got a feeling any attack that I do is not going to be nearly as effective as something that may involve the words fireball. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen here, Raspeth. What the hell are you? And Why are you here? Because I'm pretty sure this is your mausoleum, is it not? Your ass should be dead. It doesn't answer you, but Grigor kind of like stumbles with his words. He goes, it's... It's called a larva mage, a body that's been devoured by worms, uh, but the being that it eats, it leaves a part of itself behind. I don't know what this thing can do, but we must flee. And the hooded figure, uh, which has the the left or the right arm of the of somebody named Raspith up above, uh, kind of clenches its hands and 
black energy sort of a, a, like kind of surrounds the hand and you see speckles of white and it almost looks like space sort of like bends around on the hand and it says no there's no leaving we we've leave. just begun initiative oh shit eight twelve nineteen oh okay Thelonious all right. Thelonious. The thing seems to get a little aggressive, and it kind of stands up, and this darkness kind of surrounds its hand, and you get to act. You have your turn. You can see it. Uh, Grigor's uh, lantern bounces around a bit, but you have pretty pretty clear shot of uh, uh, this thing, and you're uh, all three of you are probably about like you know maybe like twenty feet away in the chamber. Uh, it's pretty a pretty small room. It looks like there's only one casket in this room. That's open and like you know wide open, uh, and otherwise uh, you guys are twenty feet away. Grigor is about maybe like uh, uh, ten feet in front of you guys and ten feet away from this thing. It's in between. He's in between you and it. Say that one more time. How far away am I? You're about twenty feet away. Uh, Grigor is about ten feet away, uh, and then so like he's in between you three and this larva mage. Okay, so my burning hands, it says I make a 15-foot cone, so I would not reach out to him then, right? Uh, it would hit Grigor, uh, oh, okay. but uh, but if you wanted to advance up uh, like 10 feet and be beside him and then launch it in front of you, it would uh, it would absolutely hit. If I did the firebolt, would that hit Grigor? Nope, that's just single target. Then I'm going to start with that. Absolutely. Go ahead and uh, uh, roll a spell attack. Ooh, uh, that is a 24. Well, that's a hit. And then that's, uh, what was it? D10. D10. D10 that's damage, right. yep. And what'd you get? Five. Uh, bolt of fire hits the robe, and you see blackened worms sort of fall off the form, uh, but it still stands. Uh, did you want to move back or anything, Felonius? You're about 20 feet away from it. The rest of them are how far back? Uh, there, the, your two friends are also about twenty feet away. You guys, the three of you, walked in together. I'm again gonna move behind one of them. Sure. I move behind uh, Hannibal, Hannibal here. Absolutely. You take a, a you know ten feet uh, step back, and you're uh, well, actually maybe about five feet on an angle, and uh, he's in front of you. Uh, it's turn. I, uh, it I uh, uh, sort of holds out its like you know emaciated arm, and the the black energy sort of forms into a ball that surrounds it and uh, uh, you know has these white speckles in it looks like this ball of space uh, all three of you roll a d20 we're gonna see who she throws it at and Grigor rolls it as well is it just a regular d20 uh, it is just a d20 13 also 13 three oh I uh, roll off with uh, Grigor I mean I roll again uh-huh yep roll again 15 Grigor is the one getting hit. Oh, shit. Oof. What do you uh, mean, no shit? <laughs> oh, I want to talk to him. Uh, Grigor, this ball of like space, smashes into uh, uh, Grigor Grotzer, and he immediately, like, it just like flies right through him and just sort of makes like a hole in him, explodes out the other side, and uh, Grigor kind of like is clutching himself, and he's sort of reaching into his pocket, and you think he's like pulling out like a uh, like a healing potion, and he's like trying to like you know uh, down it. Alice, it's your turn. What's that to do? I am going to 
pull out my bow, bow mm-hmm. and I'm going to aim directly at this thing. I was I was almost wondering if you're like, I'm going to put Grigor out of his misery. <laughs> it was uh, a consideration, honestly. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll to attack. Uh, there is no, uh, none of your friends are next to it yet, so you don't get sneak attack on this hit. If you uh, 12. Uh, 12, uh, that is a miss. Uh, arrow flies through it, and for a second you think it hits, but it just sort of flies right through the other side and nothing seems to happen. And I back up a few feet. Yeah, absolutely. Hannibal, it is your turn. Um, Go get him, tiger. Yep, all right. <laughs> I want to rapier this dude. Absolutely. You uh, shield and rapier, advance on the guy, and go to stab. 17. That's a hit. I'll go and roll damage. believe it's uh what a d8 d8 yep uh 11 Ooh. all right and uh you smash your rapier into it and like you would feel like piercing damage shouldn't do as much to this thing but as you pull the blade out and stuff more worms sl- like you know fall to the ground you can see like a lot of them have been cut up inside uh and uh, uh looks pretty good or it looks like you uh did a fair amount of damage felonius it is your turn Hmm. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Grigor's turn. He's bef- he's at the end of the initiative count. He uh, pops the top of a, a potion and, and tries to, like, down it. And with a hole in his abdomen, you're not sure what it's going to do, but he tries to heal himself. Now it is your turn, uh, Thelonious. I guess we'll just do another fireball? Absolutely. And let me know what you get. 19. That's a hit. You create a ball of fire, huck it across the room, smashes into the... Uh, how much damage? One. <laughs> and it barely nicks the uh, uh, the larva mage. It's dark. It's hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard. The lantern's now clattered to the floor. It's a little harder to see. Uh, it's turn. Uh, it holds out the bony arm again, and blackness surrounds it with like these white speckles, and it looks like it's charging up another attack. Uh, and Alice's turn. You now have a friend next to it, so you do sneak attack damage. Uh, we're just gonna keep. We're just gonna keep slinging arrows. Absolutely, by all means. Let me know what you get. Uh, eighteen. That's a hit. All right. Oops, I messed up my battlefield. All the dice arranged like all it's the, the dice, battlefield. Yep. Uh, that's seven plus uh, ten damage. You uh, launch an arrow into it, and a whole bunch of the worms sort of fly out the back of the uh, abdomen and sort of splatter against the wall. Uh, I retreat another, like, five feet. (laughs) (laughs) You back off yet again. Hannibal, it is your turn. Rapier. Absolutely. Um, uh, 13. Uh, 13 is a uh, miss. You go to slam your sword into it, and it just sort of like the worms almost like kind of like pull apart and almost make like a hole in it. And you pull the blade back, and it doesn't seem like it affected it much. <sighs> Sneaky motherfucker. Thelonious, uh, it looks like it is your turn. Uh, this thing is uh, right after you act. It looks like it's about to uh, uh, launch another one of those blasts. I think I screwed up last time. I just want to double check. When mm-hmm. I roll, even though it's a cantrip, do I still do the spell attack on top of it? Uh, spell attack is to hit, and then uh, the damage, damage is whatever it is. So in okay. your case, it's just a d10. Okay, so it probably wouldn't have mattered then. Okay. Um, shit. Um, 
guess another firebolt. You can, or if you want to be adjacent to it and try the uh, burning, uh, hands. burning hands, you would not hit your friend because you're adjacent to them, and it would only hit the uh, her, this uh, Raspith, whoever this is. All right, let's give this burning hands a shot. Absolutely. So in this case, it's not a spell attack. It's a saving throw. So what is your spell save DC that I have to hit? Um, I don't know. Should be in the center of your character sheet, I believe. Oh, 13. 13. So uh, uh, for Burning Hands, I believe it is a dexterity saving throw uh, per the spell rules. Uh, and it's 3d6 damage on a, a, a full hit. If she makes the saving throw, it's half damage. So you're doing damage regardless, which is nice. Okay. She fails. She does not get out of the way. Roll 3d6 damage, and let me know what you got. So three of them? Uh-huh. And then I add it all together? Yep, add it all together. And it's all fire damage. And what'd you get? 15. You rush up and hold out your hands, and a flamethrower explodes out, and the robe turns to cinders, and the worms sort of burn apart, and the form of this mage sort of like, like you know, sort of shatters away into nothingness, and the, the bony, emaciated arm sort of hits the ground uh, with a clatter. And that's how that's done, gentlemen. Oh, can and I kick lady. the arm? <laughs> you kick the <laughs> arm away, and it sort of splits in two. I start squishing the where the yeah, you, you all the like the larva that hit the ground, uh, like you start sort of like rubbing it against your feet and splattering. We it. should probably check on Gregor. Oh yeah. So you guys turn around and Gregor is 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 you know like bleeding out. He has this like hole in his chest and he's sort of sputtering out words and coughing blood. And it looks like he's coughing up even the healing potion he tried to take. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's doing much. He's supposed to keep that red stuff on the inside. Gregor, so do we have any way to heal him? I merely sought knowledge in the city of endless night. Hey, who, who's who, who's Laszlo, man? Before you die on us, and he doesn't respond after what he says. Can I do a medicine check? Absolutely. And let me know what you got. Uh, that is 18 plus wisdom, so 19. With a 19, he's got a hole in his chest. He's, <laughs> he's not, he ain't getting up from this. He he took way too much damage. That uh, uh, crazy energy bolt that the larva mage threw out did a tremendous amount of damage to him. I grab him and I'm like, who's Laszlo? Who wrote your scroll? And he doesn't respond. Can I rifle through his things? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, go ahead and make me a uh, investigation check. Uh, 12. With a 12, you find his spell book. Uh, you find his magical staff, uh, or a staff he uses for, like, as an arcane focus. Uh, aside from that, you find a, uh, uh like a um, coin purse on him. It looks like he's got, like, uh, oh, actually, he might have a fair amount of gold. Let's see. He has, uh, 96 gold on him. Ooh. Hey, day, boys. Uh, it looks like he uh, uh, was pretty pretty wealthy for being this hermit. Uh, and as far as that goes, uh, you uh, you have this necromancy spellbook. You have other necromancy spellbooks from that room if you want them. Uh, I would say there's probably about like five books in there, plus his spellbook. We should probably collect these books. Yeah. And the staff. So we got... He's okay. not dead yet, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's dead. dead. He's dead now. Oh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> he's got a hole in his chest. <laughs> I still had more questions. <laughs> he starts shaking him. <laughs> yeah, I continue Laszlo. to shake his dead body. You, you shake Who's his dead Laszlo, body. damn it. You want to know who Laszlo is, and there's no response. Okay, so we got a necromancy spell book, uh-huh. 
magic staff. Uh, yeah, so uh, 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 Thelonious, you would know that you can use this staff as an arcane focus if you wanted to. I know that you have like a, a crystal that you use typically for uh, okay. your arcane focus. Uh, so technically, if you want to add this to the, your gear as an alternative, you can. It's a weird uh, gnarled staff with bones that are sort of like, uh, uh, like uh, uh, not nailed to it necessarily, but like held up by, like held off by string, basically. So, what does this exactly do for me? It allows you to cast spells. Uh, uh, that it, it basically, instead of using the material components, as long as the material components don't cost money, uh, you use the staff. So, basically, it's a, what allows you to cast your spells. You know, you, otherwise, you have a crystal in your hand. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So now I can hold the staff instead. If you want it, yeah. You might as well take the books, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, just give me everything, Hannibal. Well, sure. I'm just saying, I have no use for them. I mean, at well, this point, if you guys want to sell the necromancy books, that would probably be no, your best yeah, bet. Or yeah. keep them so they don't fall into other people's hands. Let's, necromancy in this city is illegal. That's fine. We'll take it all. Yep. I'll hold it. Anything else we found other than the 96 gold? Mm, nope. Aside from the 96 gold, nope. Is there anything left of the maggots or anything? Or is it just the maggots the have been that... Obliterated, yeah. and it's the bony arm that was found up above on the ground level. Should we take the bony arm? We already took a bone earlier. <laughs> bones are bones are your department. Yeah, man. Can I look around the the rest of the room? Have we seen? Oh, uh, make a uh, investigation check then, uh, Alice. Uh, you've already made one, uh, uh, Hannibal. And uh, as far as that goes, uh, if you want to make an Arcana check on the the bone, you definitely can. Uh, Nineteen. For- investigation 19 you look around the room and there wasn't a, a whole lot else it looks like this chamber uh was once sealed up it looks like the door to this place was like unsealed potentially by this uh uh, uh gregor uh but aside from that you you don't really notice a whole lot it looks like only this casket was sealed in here uh with the 19 i can also let you know it looks like there were some magical wards on the door uh that looks like they've been removed you think that he casted some spells and probably had them removed in some uh, fashion uh, and what did you get for Arcana? Natural twenty. With the natural twenty, uh, you don't think that like you yourself can like channel magic out of this arm, but you think that because of the fact that this was a member of the Raspith family, and whoever this larva mage was was once a member of the Raspith family, you think that they were using that like they were basically channeling power from like other family members. Uh, uh, so it must be that these Raspiths, at least a few of them, uh, had bound themselves to like Lords of Madness or something. So does it have any use to me then to hold on to? Probably not, huh? Not I necessarily. Uh, I mean, you like the the proper thing to do is to put it back with the rest of its body if like that's your belief system. Uh, you know, if you feel like a, a body should stay together after death, like you know, some people. Uh, like some cultures of this world are are serious about that kind of stuff. Others don't worry about it. It's kind of you know your own thing. Sure, I'll take it. Sure. Uh, so you guys have explored the Raspith Mausoleum. You this is a dead end. You found everything that you could. I. Uh, you have a weird letter that was sent to this Grigor, uh, who is a, a captain. You're not sure uh, uh, what a captain of. And he was a human, right? He was human, yeah. He was quite old. Uh, he looked to be, uh, he was probably, uh, uh, Grigor here is probably in his, like, 80s. Okay. So we should probably head back out. Yes. Well, it's probably really late. We should. Oh, it's probably, like, uh, at this point, it's like, you know, like. <laughs> probably seen the sun come up. Yeah, honestly, probably pretty soon. You guys were, were out really late. So maybe we should go to the inn and take a rest? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. Uh, did you guys catch what he mentioned to you uh, as he was dying? 
Say that yes and no. Go ahead. Uh, he said, I merely sought knowledge in the city of endless night. So what is the city of endless night? That's what we got to figure out. Good question. And you also, of course, have a letter uh, that is uh, uh, requesting Captain Grigor Gratzer, uh, his presence in the city of Rayburn Falls, to do business, offering him intelligence on botulism bloodbane, a necromancer, in exchange for the brain of emphysema bloodbane, who you've never heard of. So he must have the brain of emphysema bloodbane then. Or had. Yeah, I think when we get up from our little sleep at the end, we should go back to the, um, what's her name? We should go to Verna and see if um, her or Orville or, yeah, can maybe. find out who this captain is. Okay. Check in with Orville once we yeah. get some rest. We also should go to the university at some point. We got a whole yeah, lot of stuff definitely. we can yes, we dig should. up there, too. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so you guys uh, pack up, and you guys are going to head across town. I uh, mm-hmm. oh, can I my throwing that bone back in the you can yeah right, absolutely. throwing the bone back with the rest of the sure corpse. are you doing anything with Grigor's body oh are we no uh, no let's leave it leave it. uh well I'm fine with leaving it or do we want nah, I guess there's really no reason for anyone to come take a look at it so you guys uh, pack up and you guys head uh, back across town uh, to the uh old residential district uh, to your very fancy uh, uh, mansion you're staying at, uh, like a almost a bread and back, uh, bread, excuse me, bed and breakfast style place, uh, the Mertil Auberge. Uh, and you guys come in with the keys that he gave you, and uh, it's quiet. It doesn't sound like anyone's up at this time. Well, let's see. Uh, actually, uh, you guys walk in, and uh, Fritz is in the kitchen preparing breakfast, and he oh, sort of like, God. and he sort of stops and looks to the three of you, and he's like, uh, "Was it a long night?" Something yeah, you like can that. say that. I almost died, Fritz. I almost <laughs> died. This is very concerning. Um, He'll get over it. Get some sleep, and um, I'll put off making breakfast a bit. Thank Let you so much. We would appreciate that. Any nods. Uh, he says brunch is, is acceptable instead of breakfast, I'm sure. Uh, and he kind of gives you a, a smile, and uh, he says, uh, sweet dreams. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you I three, slightly nod. And- you three head to each of your rooms, because you each have your own chamber. And uh, it's, it's quite nice. There's a, a bed. There's a closet. There's, like, a desk. There's, you know, all, all the amenities are, are here. Uh, I think I mentioned that before. Uh, it's very, very nice, pretty old furnishings. And you guys all three pass out right yeah, yeah i just drop onto my bed like on top of the blankets and everything like <laughs> absolutely uh, well, i go into a trance right yeah so you trance instead of sleep uh because you're an elf uh so you oh, do i also then uh, so no half elf i believe you re- uh, do a regular sleep okay. uh unless it's on your character sheet and says trance i believe half elves uh sleep uh so i i so uh, Thelonious and Hannibal are just like snoring up a storm, passed out. And uh, Alice, you trance for four hours. So like you sort of like are kind of with it. You're kind of conscience, uh, conscious and uh, uh, time passes. Uh, let's see. About four hours uh, pass and uh, Alice, you would be up first. Uh, now, in this case, you know, no, nobody was like keeping watch or anything like that. So you wake up. Or get yourself up, and uh, you have a few hours without the others. Is there anything you wanted to do in particular? Yeah, I'll go down and see about snagging some some brunch, and maybe check out the uh, 
there was a there is a small study here, correct? Oh, uh, there is. Yep, okay. there is a small study in the uh, 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 the Mertil uh, Auberge. Uh, so you wake up. Uh, Fritz welcomes you to the to breakfast table. Uh, basically, it's like at this point, uh, like you know, biscuits and stuff are prepared, uh, and they're just sort of going to have them, you know, just later. Uh, so you uh, have a, a pretty uh, well-to-do breakfast. You you uh, don't normally eat this way. It's like clotted creams. It's like jams and stuff in these like biscuits. It feels. Uh, quite above like your usual lifestyle uh uh verna really set you guys up uh and so you are going into the study what did you want to try to research what did you want to look up i would like to see if there is anything that might be related to the uh creature that we've been been tracking down if there's anything that might uh match its description anything that might leave that type of footprint Go ahead and make me a... Well, actually, you have a, uh, a feature. I have uh, a researcher. Yep, you have researcher from your sage background. Uh, so you spend a good chunk of the morning, hours, looking over these books. And uh, you don't find anything that would match the description, the like toe print you found. Uh, nothing like... I mean, there's plenty of beings that eat other beings. But, like, I mean it's a little hard to like that's so vague and open it's so hard to like look something up and be like oh it's this you know uh but nothing is matching the description from what you can tell though this is a tiny study this this has a lot of like uh uh his, this is a lot of this is mostly history on rayburn falls oh, then I, grab, city. I would like to uh, research one notable historical fact about rayburn falls ah uh, one notable historical fact that's a uh good question i you i you know that uh, 50 years ago, uh, there is a uh, there was an event called the Night of Death. Uh, it's where one of the council members of the city uh, had sold his soul to a lord of madness and was publicly executed in the street by somebody, uh, adventurers, it seems like, who were visiting the city. I. Uh, uh, yeah. So 50 years ago, uh, there is an event called the Night of Death. Uh, you, you, uh, it seems like, uh, it's not necessarily celebrated in the city, but it is sort of like remembered. There's a day of the year that's sort of the, called the night of death. And it's, it's sort of this kind of like hollowed kind of, you know, uh, almost not quite religious festival, of course, cause it's not holy or anything like that, but it's sort of like kind of honored and remembered and sort of just sort of like in a day of remembrance kind of thing. Okay. So the people who live in the city would probably be aware of the events. Well, I mean, it was 50 years ago, but likely, yeah. At the okay. very least, they would know of the night of death. Whether okay. they know all the details or not, it's a little hard to say. Uh, but uh, your uh, uh, friends wake up, and uh, as far as that goes, the the two of you come down and have br- you know, brunch as well, uh, four hours after she gets up, and the three of you are together. <sighs> I'm sorry. Well? Yeah, pretty good. Is Maxwell down here also? Uh, Maxwell, uh, yeah, would have had like breakfast already, uh, cause he has the room next to yours yeah. and, uh, uh, and he greets you and he's like, ah, young master. It's a rough, rough night. Uh, yeah, rough night. I, uh, I, I didn't hear you come in. I, I passed out, uh, pretty, pretty late. Uh, what, what happened? And I fill him in on everything. Oh, a necromancer. Yeah. That's what we're kind of researching at this point. Uh, magic of the dead. Disgusting. Yeah. What do you know about uh, about any of that? I know that most civilized society doesn't look very favorably on necromancy. Uh, if if you are asking this this 
Grigor why he was hanging out in a crypt, uh, it's probably because of the fact that uh, it's illegal. Fair enough. He says, that's eh, not my thing. I, uh, I steer clear of that kind of stuff. All right. I'm going to eat some breakfast now. Absolutely. Uh, you guys are eating, and uh, there's a knock at the door, and uh, Fritz gets up and goes to the door, and uh, a moment later he comes in, and he goes, uh, Thelonious. Yes? Uh, might I have a word? Sure. Oh, thank you. And uh, Thelonious walks out of the kitchen and goes down the hall to the front door, and uh, he says, a gentleman wishes to speak with you, and he points outside to a tree that's uh, uh, beside the house. And you see a figure that seems pretty tall standing beside the tree, uh, but like it's he's behind the tree, so you really can't see him very easily. I guess I'll head to the tree. If he's not back in 15 minutes, I want to send a message to him. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, if he's not back in 15 minutes, I'm eating his breakfast. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I mean, I'm going to eat his breakfast as I'm sending him a message. Ah, I see. That'll be so, my message. <laughs> ah, I'm eating your breakfast in 15 minutes. Got it. Uh, so uh, you walk up, uh, Thelonious, and you see your brother, Ooh. whose name is uh, Thucydides. Is that right? That's correct. Thucydides. I'm glad I got that right the first time. Good work. Uh, and uh, Thucydides is your brother, so he also has uh, uh, the same scale uh, type as you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, bronze? Brass. Brass. And blue. Brass. Well, he doesn't have no, the blue. Brass. He's not okay. a sorcerer like you. Okay. And uh, and it's your brother. And Thucydides is there. He's like, brother? What the hell are you doing here? I'm here for you. I didn't call for you. I wasn't aware that I was answering your orders, little brother. He says, no, no, I'm here in the city anyway, and I just wanted to check in and see if you needed anything. Is there anything weird going on back with the family? He says, uh, a bit, yeah. Um, uh, I came to the city to investigate a few things, um, but the, the thing is, is the family is... Uh, uh, they're pretty hands off with Rayburn Falls as of right now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Uh, supposedly, um, we're we're not to be in the city. Hmm. Um, I came here pretty much just to let you know that the Bloodbane family has put in an order that they're not to be in the city. They're not to be dealing with things. I guess uh, recently there was. Uh, uh, some of the higher-ups had something going on here, but I haven't found out what that is. Okay. Uh, Thucydides looks to you and asks if there's anything you need. Keep in mind, Thucydides is your background, is your criminal contact. Yeah. Uh, he's able to get you information if you want him to look into things. He can like you know look into the black market, uh, buy things that are illegal, sell things that are illegal. It's up to you. How much do you know about our family? I know quite a bit about our family, bro. What do you know about emphysema? Emphysema? What does he know about emphysema? Not a damn thing. I don't think there's a family member named emphysema. Really? What about botulism? (laughs) No, botulism, we know. He says he's the necromancer. He's, Mm. He's big shot now. Way high up in the family. Well, you know I haven't been around for a while. He says, yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but it's botulism. I mean, he's he's the, the star of the show right now. What's he up to right now? Something on some other continent. 
Um, I mean, at this point, Botulism's making moves against gods. He's big to do. He, he ain't looking in on Rayburn Falls. He ain't too worried about this city. Do you know anything about the City of Endless Night? Have you ever heard of that before? The City of Endless Night. Something familiar about it. But, I mean, I've never heard of a City of Endless Night. I can look into it if you want. Please do. Absolutely. Uh, he says, uh, uh, the, the Bloodbane family, they might not be dealing with much in the city but that doesn't mean that there aren't members of our people who aren't reaching out yeah you need to watch out more than i do brother and he nods and he says i'll uh, check in every so often okay and he nods and uh and he looks around he notices that there's nobody on the street and he takes to the road and like just like power walks away okay i'm gonna walk back in uh-huh I'm not going to share anything at the moment with sure. my group. That's fine. You don't have I'm to. I'm just going to sit down, continue eating my brunch. <laughs> and you guys <laughs> eat. Uh, everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. I don't press the matter any further. No, that's fine. I already ate his breakfast. <laughs> Where in the hell is my breakfast? <laughs> There's plenty to go around, and, and Fritz brings out another plate, and you guys eat. I... Uh, and uh, uh, and the three of you are together. Maxwell has gone all, like up to his room. Uh, if you need Maxwell for anything, if you want him to look into things, you certainly can. As far as that goes, uh, what would the three of you like to do? I think we should report back to uh, Orvalt first. Mm-hmm. Sure, you want to go talk to uh, Orvalt Stonepike? Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, so you guys get yourselves together. Fritz bids you farewell. Uh, you say goodbye to Max. Maxwell and uh, the three of you head across town to the uh, government district and you find the sheriff's office where uh, uh, Orvalt is uh, uh, typically found. Uh, let's see if he's in. And yeah, sure enough, he uh, uh, looks like he's. it's pretty early in the morning. Uh, you, well, actually, no, at this point, it's pretty late in the morning because you guys slept in. Uh, it's like, you know, late morning, almost early afternoon. And uh, or, uh, Orvalt uh, sees you guys uh, walk in. It looks like he was about to leave. And he's got his, like, you know, hand crossbows, like, latched to his side. Uh, and uh, he's a big, wide-rimmed hat. And, uh, and he kind of nods to the, the three of you. And he's like, uh, how can I uh, assist you? Well, uh, we had an interesting night, um, yeah. and we relay the story of what's going on. Oh, god damn. A necromancer in our city? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll send word to the, the, the mage guild, and maybe they can, I don't know. Oh, maybe I gotta talk to the church. Ah, that's what I'll do first. Uh, make sure that uh, nothing else is rising as undead. Do you know the name Raspith? Raspith. Uh... He shrugs. He says, "That ain't familiar. No, nobody I know." How about this, Captain Gregor Gratzkor? If I said that wrong, <laughs> uh, 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 Gregor Gratzer. Uh, he he goes, Captain Gregor Gratzer. Yeah. How the hell did you meet Captain Gregor Gratzer? Well, he was just. Chilling out in the middle of a cemetery down below the mausoleum. Well, he was the necromancer? Yes. Mm, he seemed to be. Right he, he, he had necromancy books on him. I, I've fought in plenty wars. I uh, That's been my thing for a lot of my life was a mercenary, and only in more recent years have I 
settle down and become, you know, a, a lawman here. Uh, so I've I've been around, been around, and uh, uh, Grigor Grotzer is the name of a captain in the League of Infernus. That was the war with the Bloodbanes back in the day, right? Yeah. This is about 50 years ago. Since I didn't realize the maniac was alive. Maniac? What's his what's his uh reputation? Uh it was weird. I uh I mean I I don't like to think about it, but I fought for the League of Infernus as a mercenary for a short time and, and it turned my stomach and I got out. But uh he was a higher up. He uh was real obsessed with death. Makes well, sense he was a necromancer. I was gonna say, yeah, it kinda goes Par for the course for him. Well, it's strange though. He, I mean, at least in his youth, he he was a, a more of a, a fighter, more of a hands-on warrior type. Uh, he must have, I don't know, retired and looked into the dead. Strange. When's the last time you saw him? Oh, some battlefield about fifty years ago. I didn't even really deal with him much. I just heard rumors mostly. Do you know? Um, so there was that scroll on him. That was talking about exchanging brains for the bloodborns and whatnot, and that that bloodbanes, bloodbanes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and that that League of Infernus was fighting against them. Do you know what the connection there would be all about with him if he was fighting them back in the day? It does seem strange. He was a member of the League of Infernus, uh, but the bloodbanes were on the opposing side. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I I know that uh, uh he was obsessed with death. And uh, maybe maybe this brain he found? I, I don't know. Uh, Do you know of any experts or scholars at the university that might be able to tell us more about this war? Oh, I, I'm sure there must be. There's there's history classes and there's necro... Oh, actually, no, no necromancy classes, so you won't find much help there. Uh, he says, but uh, I'm, I'm sure there must be somebody there that can help you out. Okay. Is there a, uh, like an armory or a shop around here somewhere? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you go over to uh, Payne Exports, uh, that's uh, the biggest shop I know of. Uh, he says uh, over in the Merchant District, uh, uh, Payne family, of course, owns sure. it. They have to put their name on everything. All right. Uh, any other uh, questions? I'll send a team in to, to you know, detox the place, essentially. I'll swing on over to, uh, uh, actually, let's see. Does he tell you what church he's going to? I... Uh, yeah, he says he's uh, going to the church district. Uh, he's going to find uh, uh, Altarius Brightmore, who works for the Grand Duke Lion Cathedral. He says, that's where I'm heading next. I got one more question for you. Yeah. Do you, does the name Laszlo sound familiar at all? Laszlo. <laughs> nope. Uh, I don't know a Laszlo personally. Okay. I'm afraid I don't know. All right. You guys have any more questions? Nope. All right, well, Thank appreciate you your time. time. Sure, sure. And uh, he nods, and he heads off to the church district in order to uh, get uh, some priests together to sort of, uh, you know, um, kind of exercise the uh, the place. Uh, what would you three like to do next? I think we got to go to the university. Yep. Yeah. I, at some point, though, I want to go to the shop because I want to upgrade my armor a bit. Absolutely. Did you want to uh, head over there now? Let's head to the shop first, then we can check out yeah okay. you can the, the shop absolutely so you guys are heading to uh specifically paying exports yep i uh, so uh you guys head on over to uh Payne exports uh it's a, a pretty large establishment over in the merchant district uh as far as that goes uh you uh, uh 
are walking up to the shop. And as you're doing so, the door opens and you see uh, uh, a woman, a tiefling woman, and she's flanked by some like tiefling, like tieflings that are, I mean, typically they're, they're a little bit more uh, on the like, you know, more smaller frame side. But these two guys look pretty, pretty big and goony. I. Uh, and uh, as far as that goes, uh, the woman walks out. She has purple flesh and horns that kind of curl out widely. Uh, she's wearing a, uh, a like a, a, a long uh, kind of poofy dress, uh, almost Victorian style, you know, that kind of like extend out. They have that like the basket thing that kind of like makes it like, you know, poof out a bit. Uh, she's wearing really gaudy jewelry. Uh, her hair is black and pulled uh, back into like a ponytail. Uh, so it looks like it's maybe to avoid like getting tangled up in her horns that kind of jut out. Uh, she has fiery red eyes and she has a uh, uh, a big smile on her face. And she's a, and you hear from inside the shop, so long, Auntie. And she goes, of course, darling. And she sees the three of you and she goes, well, hello. How you doing? Who, who are you? <laughs> you must be new in town. My name is Cassius Payne. Cassius Payne. Oh, uh, is that right? Yeah, Cassius Payne. <laughs> Did you forget your own name? Uh, no, no. She's. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at two different Payne's uh, character bios in my notes. Sorry. Uh, she says, Cassius Payne, of course. Well, it's. A pleasure to meet you. My oh. name is is Hannibal Demonbreaker, and these are Demon my associates. Breaker. I introduce myself. That's Rose. Thelonious. Oh, it is a pleasure to meet you three. I do hope that uh, you'll be staying in the city a while. Uh, why it doesn't look that way. Oh, good. No, it's a beautiful city. I I I hope that you'll you'll you know get a nice spot, settle down. It's it's gorgeous. She says, and and while you're in town, of course, I do hope that you'll think of me when it comes time for, uh, you know, any any talk of the the new governor position. Can I roll some sort of insight or something? Absolutely. Here? Yeah, something something's not feeling right here. Fourteen. With a fourteen, she does seem very fake. Like it's it's pretty easy to tell that like she might not mean you any harm, but at the very least she certainly is very very gaudy and, and flippant and stuff. And uh, uh, Cassius uh, uh, Cassius Payne uh, uh, lets you know that she is the counselor of the merchant district, and uh, as far as that goes, uh, she lets you know that with the uh, 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 you know position of. Uh, governor soon to be open. Uh, she just hopes that you know when when people talk about her that you you know or or the governor that you spread the word that she should be governor. So why is the governor position open? Oh, he's retiring, darling. Really? Just uh, out of the blue? Is he older? We're not terribly familiar with this area. Oh, older. He's a, a dwarf. I mean, they all seem old, but he's especially old for a dwarf. Uh, governor Thanemore. Um, his. I mean. His his policies, they just don't really, they're not really for the, you know, common people. So I do hope that you, you know, keep in mind that I have your best interests in mind. What would you change? Oh, so many things. Uh, the, the taxes in this city are terrible. And she starts, like, babbling all this, like, like political stuff. And, <laughs> and it just sort of goes. start regretting my Yeah, question. it just goes in in one ear and out the other. All right, great. Who's uh, who's running? The, are you running the counter here too? Or? Oh no, darling, I no. far too busy. But my nephew would be more than happy to help you. Sure. And uh, she shouts inside, and uh, she says, uh, 
Gaius, Gaius, darling. And he and this uh, tiefling uh, rushes up as quick as he can. And Gaius Payne uh, is uh, kind of like like kind of like weasels himself up. And uh, he's uh, his pinkish flesh, uh, his red eyes that are kind of dim, short black hair that's kind of slicked back. And his hands are kind of like uh, uh, being wrung together. And he kind of has short horns. And he's, you know, kind of like wrings his hands. He's like, yes, auntie. And she says, oh, please, darling, do help these fine citizens out and she says chow and just sort of like walks off and Gaius Payne says oh how can I help you three she seems nice oh auntie's wonderful yes I would imagine uh yeah I'm looking for for some new armor oh I, I'd be more than happy to help you out with that and and he kind of wrings his hands a bit and uh kind of rushes to the counter he says so full plate half plate chain mail what can I help you with I'm looking for a studded leather oh absolutely uh, p- pardon me for a moment I'll, I'll get a pair in your uh, set in your size and the tiefling kind of like you know his tail drooping behind him sort of like shuffles into the uh, back room and the uh, uh, three of you are sort of uh, alone for a moment and uh, the the three of you are sort of you know stuck in this you know big general store and nobody else seems to be in here is there anything you wanted to do in particular just kind of look around yeah, a bit. I was yeah. going to say I got to hear he, he's an importer as well right so he's doing more than just armory uh, yeah, so he uh, Gaius Payne uh, is in charge of uh, Payne Exports, uh, yeah. which is the the storefront for the Payne family. But the Payne family does uh, import goods in from Strakhelm, the Dwarven okay. city. Okay. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, the three of you are kind of like milling about, and you can all make perception checks. And let me know what you get. Natural Thir- twenty. Thirteen. Uh, seven. With a seven and a thirteen, you you look around and like you know, there's plenty in this store. There's you know weapons as many as you can think, yada yada. And uh, with a natural twenty, Thelonious, you kind of are like in front of the counter and you're looking around, and uh, you spy uh, behind the counter a scroll that's just slightly unfurled. You like nobody would have ever noticed this, but somehow it caught your attention, and you see a uh, word across it, a name, and it says Bloodbane. And that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.